0: Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and a psychologist, Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. True. All life ends in death, which we,
1: as a species, are cursed with knowing, resulting in something. Again, this is really
0: not my field.
2: Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, when this podcast finally goes bust, as it inevitably will, will you try to
1: erase our relationship from your memory? Um, is there something you're not telling me? Um, when it does, I actually... Uh, this this might betray some of what I'm going to say later, but... Um, <laughs> well, you're breaking up with me right now? On I your- will cling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will cling to our memories so that I never forget the horrible pain that you caused me and don't make the mistake of starting a podcast with you again.
2: (laughs) We don't want to be like 50 in our 50s, like starting this whole thing all over again. It's a young man's
1: game. (laughs)
2: Joining us today...
1: Speaking of young men. (laughs) Yes,
2: we are doing a movie podcast, and when we do a movie podcast, we bring in an expert. And uh, this expert is Yoel Inbar. Yoel, you were brought in to do rewrites on Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? The the script,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what Char- Charlie Kaufman initially <laughs> delivered is just garbage. Yeah, car chases. <laughs> yeah, secret agents.
2: But but he kept his name on there because he knows how to work
0: the system. Yeah, yeah, he's got connections. <laughs> but that that's ninety percent is me. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I figured.
2: So yeah. this is this will be great to get some insight as to why you made the choices you did. And
0: I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Did you like working with <laughs> Michelle Gondry? <laughs> uh, amazing, amazing fellow. Uh, I'm Yoelimbar from the University of Toronto.
1: So I've um, had to make an, an executive decision at the beginning of this conversation because my Canadian uh, friend told me that calling him Gondry. Was just the horrible way. So every time we talk about the director, I'm going to say Gondry. Gondry. <laughs> Michel Gondry. So I hope I, that doesn't even mean, know Michelle, anybody. Uh, you, we said <laughs> Michel.
2: That should keep the French happy for a little bit. Is he Canadian or French? I thought he was thought French. He French. Uh, you no, know, he's
1: French. Yeah. But but you know, the, my so Canadian then your friend Canadian
2: friend can shut the fuck up How
1: about that. <laughs> t- that's what I tell her all the time. <laughs> All right, so you're going to give us a the as the chief synopsisizer, Tamler. Well, the synopsis for this is
2: very simple. So, it's about a couple, Joel played by Jim Carrey and Clementine played by Kate Winslet who start a relationship. It travels the trajectory of many relationships, beautiful, romantic beginnings, and some rocky times in the middle, and then it ends in a stormy turmoil. Then Clementine decides to erase her memory by going to this organization called lacuna that is capable of doing that when he finds that out as he's not supposed to um he tries to erase his or his memory but as he's having his memories deleted he starts to realize i i want to keep these memories and the movie then shows what happens uh whether he's successful or not whether he can keep the memories we'll talk a lot in a lot more detail about how this all works and and um uh, i again i want to say right now if you have not seen this movie, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast <laughs> right now because it is a it's a kind of movie you want to experience I think pretty
1: fresh. Then it it's
2: very rewarding
1: to rewatch it. Yeah, this is a movie where it actually to me is much more fun the second time around. I don't know why. Um it's emotional and and maybe you are missing something, but but for some reason my enjoyment was much greater the second time around. Yeah, you know,
0: like, well, cuz you can put together the chronology. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so this is one of those kinds.
0: It also
2: depends where you are in your life. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I may, m- maybe maybe, I don't know. So may, I'm always pretty depressed. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make any difference.
2: <laughs> Well, so I have actually the first time, I'll never forget the first time I saw this movie. It was in Chapel Hill. And it was two days before my daughter was born. What the fuck were you doing? The going mid- to the I saw it with Jen. And in the middle of the uh, movie, she started wondering whether she was going into labor then. Turns out she wasn't. So we were able to watch, see the whole movie. But but I loved it the first time. And I've loved it every subsequent time I've seen it. Probably like five or six
1: times. I'm trying to think whether or not um, Gondry did anything that's worth talking about afterwards. The science of Has sleep. Has he done any- the yeah, yeah and I never was saw the science as I start. Was it very good? Yeah, it was. It was fine. I thought. But it was this is probably was the fun. two things that we could say other than his like Levi's commercials. Or well, be I liked Be Kind Rewind
2: actually. I don't know if I saw that. Most deaf and uh, Jack Black. Oh yeah, I never a saw Brooklyn that. Brooklyn story. It's sweet. It. It's not. It, it's it's not a masterpiece like this is, but it's right. uh, it actually is kind of. Uh, the making of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in parts because he's so against special effects being digitized <laughs> and he loves to do yeah. it. So, like those scenes in the kitchen where, you know, Jim Carrey is small and everything's big, that's just done through camera angles and props and it's, it's, and, and what we call practical
1: effects. Yeah, practical yeah. effects. Yeah.
2: And Be Kind Rewind is all about making sort of low tech practical effects.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. But there's a there's a scene that I was gonna mention. Just how it seemed like it was going out of its way to look low tech, and that's um, as memories are getting erased in Grand Central Station. Um, yeah, <laughs> it literally looks like there's like just you know celluloid layers getting erased. <laughs>
0: yeah, but that that looked cool. Yeah, so, totally. Like, I loved that it. Was perfect.
1: I yeah. loved it. It would look. It, they would be completely dated if digital right digital effects. effects
0: of the era. <laughs> yep.
1: And it captures this sort of, like, dream, dream state while Tamler just walks away.
0: Yeah, I guess he, he quit. <laughs> this is how you find out. Uh, <laughs> fuck Tam- this shit.
1: Done. Uh, I hope Tamler <laughs> keeps this in, but he isn't just not. Uh, he's yeah, just not He just,
0: here. like, without explaining, he just, like,
1: took off. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys talking about?
2: We're talking about, about the look the- of the movie.
1: UPS guy, swear to God.
2: When my dog is out, he likes to park in front, even he's not delivering a package to us. He's delivering to other people on the block, and he just parks right in front of our house just to fuck up the podcast. Chilling out there
0: bothering the
1: dog. He's probably paid by the partially examined life. Yeah. (laughs) Uh yeah. So we were just talking about we got to talking about the the lo-fi nature of the special effects and and I was just saying about how <clears throat> how much of the film just has this great analog look to it? I think uh, Michel Gondry is
2: very committed to that. <laughs> from what good. I've read, oh, that was great. Yeah, thank you.
1: The other thing to say
2: before we just dive in the chronology of the movie: the opening scene is Joel waking up. It's kind of saturated in blue, and he wakes mm-hmm. up. He says he woke up in a funk. And he gets uh, – he, he, he's commuting probably to New York, but then he runs around and just on an impulse goes to Montauk, which is the other way, I guess, kind of somewhere in Long Island or something.
0: It's at the very and, end of Long Island.
2: And, and then just walks along the beach. And as he walks along the beach, he meets um, Kate Winslet's character Clementine and her hair is blue then, which is one of the keys that this is a later scene. This has happened after their relationship has been deleted from both of their minds, and they have a beautiful sort of opening of their relationship. Like, they're just meeting for the first time. They're at first a little resistant, then attracted to each other, and then they have this night on the Charles River where they drive, I guess, all the way to Boston, and I guess right. They drive all yeah, over they Boston. Must they must. Yeah, they have a beautiful night <laughs> drive. They drive back to New York. She runs up to get her toothbrush because she's going to sleep at his place. And and then, well, you don't even know what happened at this point. So the opening scene is just a beautiful night. She runs up to her apartment, and the there's only two things that are that's strange about it. The first is that he seems to not know the what the word Clementine refers to or means or know the song Oh My Darling, Oh My Darling, Oh My Darling like nothing that involves the word Clementine rings a bell for him. So that's one weird thing and then the other weird thing is that Elijah Wood, as she's running up to get her toothbrush comes down uh, or knocks on his car window and says can I help you? As if he knows him or something Jim Carrey has no idea who he is and then Elijah Wood goes away. And then it cuts to him just crying in a car, but now we're back in time. Back in time to the night, or the night uh, that he's having his memory erased. Then the rest of the movie until the final scene is him having his memory erased and until we get to the last scene, which is just the continuation of what happens when she comes down having uh, the information they they find out together that they've already had a relationship. Right. Anything
1: to add to that?
0: No, that was that was a beautiful. That summer. was very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, as you're talking about the ostensible first time they meet, the first time we see them meet in 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 the movie, which is chronologically their second meeting, um, it doesn't seem like a beautiful thing to me at all. Um, when they're in the train, uh, I find her to be extraordinarily annoying and. Kind of bipolar or maybe borderline y. Um I, and
2: I, Yeah, I agree with that actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: I couldn't tell whether it was intended by the creators was trying to give us a cute sort of here's a timid person who needs to be pulled out of his shell by a much more confident person. Or like that that's sort of storyline opposites attract, like, look, you need somebody to to be the opposite for him and she like they balance each other out, which is w- would be one way of reading it. The other way of reading it is the warning signs for this sh- the shit that this relationship is going to become were there from from yeah. the very beginning. And yeah. and she's not a very sympathetic character. I mean, I think she does, she gives a a wonderful performance, but I she's not sympathetic. And in fact, we don't know much about her because every technically most of what we know about her is from his memories.
2: I, um, I would give yeah. one defense of her in that scene on the train. She's broken up which you know, this is not too long after their breakup. Meanwhile, she's spent the last I don't know week or so with creepy Elijah Wood, yeah, and and yeah. It, and is just a little amped up and probably like her her faults are more on display than her virtues at that at that moment. She's in a funk anyway, and that kind of character I think shines when she's in a good place, as we see I think in the in the movie in the parts of the movie where you show their good times together.
0: Yeah, it's sort of both of them at their worst. Like he's super weirdly withdrawn and like painfully shy and like can't say yeah. two words and she's just like bouncing off the walls like yeah. super positive one right. minute and then like pissed at him for saying she's nice the next. So it's yeah, it, it's sort of like you watch that and you're like how do these people then decide that they should continue hanging out cuz it seems like right. they're they're terrible for each other.
2: Uh, right. Immediately. <laughs> right. You're right. He's very frustrating in that opening
1: scene. Yeah, because too. she's like throwing herself at him, and he's
0: like, uh, uh. I, uh,
1: My frustration was all directed toward her. I was like, man, just Funny. leave me alone. you know? He's like, all he wants to do is just be on the But train. he
2: doesn't. That's the thing, because we're in his head, and we know that he actually is attracted to her. And yeah, so it's very yeah. frustrating when he's he refuses to give in to what's happening, <laughs> and if he could just let it happen. I actually think that's sort of if we're getting to the point right now where we say what we think of the movie and yeah. whether we liked it, like I, I think this is the classic case and they just introduce it right away at the very beginning of the movie where he just doesn't, he can't let things happen. And he's always resisting where sometimes he should be just accepting what's going on. And he's, I think you was right, well, he wrote it, so... Uh, that that he's right now like that's coming out even more than it normally does for him at this point.
0: I'm sorry I yelled at you. I'm a little out of sorts today. My embarrassing admission is I really like that you're nice right now. I mean, I can't tell from one moment to the next what I'm going to like, but right now. I'm glad
2: you
0: are. <laughs> I have some stuff that uh,
1: I probably should. Oh, I'm writing. And... Sorry. Okay. No, no. Sure. No. Just, okay. I just have, you know, this is. Hey. Oh, hey. Take care then. Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question of like who you think is the more sympathetic character. Yeah. Like having seen the whole thing. And I'm totally, I, I think she's much more sympathetic. So she has her issues, but she's trying. And he is just like, so withdrawn, so passive aggressive, says some things that are really mean, but like in a way that's not like angry, you know, he, but yeah. but it's still mean. I, I don't know. I thought he was kind of a dick
1: and she was, uh, you know, at least trying. I agree that, that neither of them are great. I mean, us being in his head um makes me at a loss for what to think about her, um because again, so much of what we see of her is probably his interpretation of her, and she, to me is crazy and says crazy things and mean things as well, and like potentially acts in really hurtful like cold, hot ways, whereas he's more steady like uh, yeah i I think that he consistently says
0: things to her that are really nasty but in a calm tone, and then she gets upset. And I think it's understandable to get upset. What nasty thing? He said – I'm trying to remember. He he, said one
1: very nasty thing. So she's
0: trying to get him to open up and he says, constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating. And like he says it calmly, but that is a fucked up
1: thing to say to someone. But that is a result of her like incessant like (laughs) – Pushing him to, like, talk.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I
1: get it. You know? This is not going to say, we- this is going to, at the end, going to be way more about us. I,
2: I did not <laughs> think that it
1: was, that that was even a, a nasty,
2: passive-aggressive remark. I thought it was almost like a I guess piece this is going to say. It was like a peace up. offering, almost. Really? Uh, I, I, I thought that line, that's how I read that line, is, yeah, like a joke, like a lighthearted joke at that point.
1: Yeah, uh, unlike the the like when she just spontaneously like, can you get the your hair off the soap after you shower? Like I prepared. Oh yeah, no, you're right. That was. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, the the power of this movie can't is I don't think is in the characters and in their particular idiosyncrasies. I think the power is in the process that we're being taken through. You know, and the 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 conceit of this uh, lacuna, this service that offers memory erasing. Um, where people go, um, maybe we should talk a little bit about that, but you know, that's mm-hmm. the, the central plot point is that you can go and get this, your memories erased and they like hook up shit to your brain and, and like social neuroscientists, like, and they play, it's almost like a little video game where they see the, the you, they see your memories activated and they zap them. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite lines is, is <laughs> will this cause brain damage as well? It kind of is <laughs> brain damage. Like the procedure is brain damage. And this is uh,
2: 100% n- medically accurate.
1: Um, yeah. Every, so for the party. rest, for the remainder of the podcast, I'd like to talk about <laughs> the, the yeah. flaws in their neuroscientific theories. Um, <laughs> have I mentioned that that
2: was the tagline to the Human Centipede? One hundred percent medically accurate. Not know that.
1: Um, and the I think that
2: tagline in history.
1: All that's important, really, about them is that these are two people who have gone through the normal. Um process of falling in love and falling out of love mm. in a hurtful way, and yep. it's almost like they 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 are a they're a fill in for any couple that has the pain of of breaking up with somebody who you felt perhaps maybe especially when you fell for them as hard as as that. Like 2 years, right? It's a 2 year yeah, relationship because that's, right. that's when he's pointing to his journal. There's he's 2 like, years missing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like you should read my journal. It's mostly blank, which right. is another one of my favorite. <laughs> the desire to to deal th- with the pain of processing what a 2 year relationship that in my mind at least from the movie is was very very intense and positive at first and then hit that hit that rough patch. Uh, quite a bit early on, but but it seems as if they went a long time with the dying of the relationship, mm. and that pain—it's that pain that that is just viscerally there if you've been in a relationship. Like that's what gets me. We that's don't why this get movie.
2: a sense of when, how long the good times were, and how long the bad times were. Do we? We don't. We yeah, we don't really. No. Yeah. So I think that that's the theme of the movie. Do you guys think that there is a message?
1: Yeah, I have. I have. A few thoughts on this. I'm a bit of a pessimist about this movie. They um, are in a relationship that dies. Painful. She gets her memory erased. He gets his memory erased. He's fighting against it. They meet again. And at the very end, there is a very positive moment where, despite knowing, right, they hear. So one of the things that happens is that um, the disgruntled woman in the in the B-plot. <laughs> her name? Dance. Kristen dunst oh, yeah.
2: um oh god she's so good in this but she's great i'll say she's, really, she's yeah, phenomenal she's really i think she gives the best performance of the whole movie but
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah perhaps yeah yeah we'll get to the details as to why but basically she uh, mails all of the files to the people who have opted to have their memory erased so at the very end of the movie um they meet what for what they think is the first time but then this happens. They receive the materials that gives them all the information, including the audio tapes about why they knew each other and opted to have their memories erased. And so they hear the, the most horrendous things that they're saying about each other right before they're getting their memory erased. They're like, you know, and nonetheless, they've had this wonderful sort of two day high of a, of a falling in love all of a sudden. And she's saying very reasonably to him, um, we can't. What, are you crazy? We can't do this. You heard the things that you said about me, right? I don't think they're true, but but you said them. You believed them. And he's like, well, I don't think they're true either. And she says, and I've said this about you. And he's like, I'm okay with that. And they sort of go off and presumably start the relationship again. And there is this tone of happiness that comes from that ending where I felt like positive, like, oh, like love conquers all. And I feel like that's the surface layer. I What I got from it is, that they're see how dumb we are they know full well how shitty this relationship is gonna be and nonetheless they decide to start it again and that to me is 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 my like pessimistic take that like fuck you know how bad this shit is gonna go and here you are
2: same reasoning that that makes you not get a dog right now
1: Yeah, it's the same reasoning that I think we differ on that makes us like Yoel, people like Yoel and I be pessimists about getting your PhD in like the humanities.
2: Yoel, do you want to give yours? And then I'll give mine is much more optimistic. than I knew that.
1: I knew. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the optimistic take to me is that they know what went wrong the first time. Um, But they're they're not upset by it because it's just like. Not emotional to them; it's just the cognitive knowledge of like what's gone wrong, and who's to say that you can't head off these problems? Like if you know that these are this, this is how it went last time. Why can't you take advantage of this do-over and and do it better?
1: Do they know? Because I I take it that one of the things maybe that it's saying is that the experience of that pain is valuable, and they haven't gotten to experience it. So if they had gone, if they had retained the feeling, that horrible feelings, would they ever decide to get in a relationship with each other No, again? of course I think not. That, yeah. I think that's, and I think that's the really relevant information. This is how bad a person can make me feel. And, not that the cognitive part.
2: And it's not like all their memories were restored. So they don't know what no, particularly no, right. went awry. They know the final horrible things they said about each other. Right, really? but, um, but if they, they were
1: restored, what? Presumably, if they were restored, they wouldn't. Maybe they
2: wouldn't, right? I don't know. I guess I, I my optimistic take is different from Yoel's. I don't know if they'll be able to head off those problems or not, or what the knowledge is. But to me, this is kind of a Buddhist story about you get trapped in these cycles, and the only way to get out of the cycle is this kind of acceptance the thing that had and this is why i brought up that opening scene where he keeps resisting what should be accepted and then there's that moment in that final scene where she's sort of telling him what's going to happen and then he says okay okay you know and it's like there's this palpable sense of relief they like kind of slump over like oh
1: you know, you will think
0: of things. And I'll get bored with you and feel trapped because that's what happens with me.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Change your heart. Look around
2: you. And it's that. It's not the. It's the. I don't want to change this. Even when it's bad, I don't want to change it. I'm accepting it. And that's the thing that makes me think that maybe in this cycle, maybe in the next cycle, I don't know, but it's going to work out because they achieved that kind of this is how it is and I will accept it. And I don't know, that's what gives me hope about them. And that's what I think the beautiful sort of poignant aspect of that last scene is, is this acceptance, both of the good and of the bad that they didn't have in the previous go around. They were trying to just make it good when it was bad rather than accepting that aspect of a relationship.
0: Yeah. And it's the first time that he's taken the initiative to go after her. Like in the rest of the movie, it's always her pushing and yeah. him, him sort of running off. Right. So that the scene at the house, so the first time that they met, like <laughs> the first, first time, and she's like, come in, we're going to like break into this yeah. house and drink their booze and have a good time. And uh, so, so, and he, he's like, ah, I don't know if we should. And she says, so go. And he's so hurt and offended that he just runs off. Right. So the, like the minute yeah. it's like emotionally threatening, he's like, I'm out of here. And this is a different behavior. Right. So he's choosing to go after her, even though he knows that it might end badly for him, that he might end up getting hurt. Like it's a much less avoidant way of of engaging that. So like there, I think you can say, look, he has learned something from this. Right. He's acting differently.
1: Well, so how would you distinguish? So I, I have to say, emotionally, at the end, I, I sort of agree with you guys that I felt what you guys are saying. Right, um, that that <clears throat> there is something about like this time, it's different. But as I think about it, I, I I'm forced to to realize that I can desire for them to be together, but think that they're doing the wrong thing. And I don't I actually don't know that anything has changed. And while there was resistance, I agree. That's sort of part of what what his character shows. You know, another example is when she brings up having kids and he says, I don't think we're ready. And she Mm -hmm. flips out. I'm thinking, yeah, you're not ready. Like, I'm like, yeah, that is like there is time to resist. And when warning signs are all over, like resisting is good, and the fact that he said, like when he says at the very end he doesn't care, like let's do it anyway, I I I would love to take that is that as a release of of sort of as an acceptance of it, but I, I can't help but think that this this is merely at the same circumstances as as when they were meeting for the first time, where at some point he also agreed. There's no right like if he had resisted the whole time he wouldn't have gotten a relationship but he he fell for her and he's falling for her again and nothing's going to change so so the very first part of what you were saying Tamler that we get stuck in cycles to me this is just like an illustration of getting this this movie could go on forever yeah and that <laughs>
2: last shot of the whole movie is a loop of them running yeah. on the beach yeah. and so i mean one sort of david lynchian reading is that this isn't even like the second go right for that this is like the fourth or fifth or something like
1: that right this is like a charlie brooker uh (laughs) it's like a black mirror
2: and definitely i'm not gonna lie that me being immersed in david lynch has affected now how i'm viewing this movie (laughs) but i guess just to clarify what it is that i'm saying and then we should go through the movie it's not that The trajectory of the relationship will change or that they'll start acting differently and in ways that are more conducive to a flourishing relationship. They're still going to have those same kinds of problems, but they'll have a different attitude about the problems instead of trying to
1: um but what are you saying there because like wouldn't that only matter in in that it would actually change the material circumstances of the relationship if they had a different attitude i guess and, so and
2: so think about like you're in a relationship and there are things that aren't going well it seems like you can exacerbate that sometimes by just having that feeling that I, we often do which is if she, if she could just act right. differently at you know, like on this thing, then our relationship would go well. But and if I if I just explain that and really make it sink into her, then then she'll do that and and everything will get better. And and whenever you get into that mindset, it always ends up making things worse and it makes you feel more miserable than you already are. And and, and then every once in a while, you just kind of accept it. You let it roll off and you just accept that that's a part of the person and that you have things like that. In my case, probably way worse. That can't change really either. And it's—I it, don't know. Like I feel like I've experienced both ways of handling
1: that a lot. I think you're right. I—I I agree with everything that you're saying. I just don't know what what in this in the process of erasing your memory would actually get car- Jim Carrey's character there. I'm sort of just just skeptical that there is anything that, if anything, going through the pain of the like actually experiencing all the pain would be a better way to get there. Erasing your memory to me is like resetting it, so that he's going to make the same mistakes. But they didn't just
2: like, erase his memory, right? Like he realized that he. Oh, did, does he even realize? At, maybe at a subconscious level that he resisted it.
1: That.
0: I mean, how did they both end up in Montauk? Uh, yeah. I think it's yeah. supposed to be some of that is
1: stuck. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 want to say. I think that that they want to say that you can erase. You can erase. You know propositional knowledge but you can't erase feelings right you can't erase but but i don't uh <laughs> that's a hard one because yeah how do they end up in montauk even when you know the last scene of his memory erasing she says meet me in montauk yeah. but that's just his memory of her right, right. like it's not <laughs> it's right. not like she's in there <laughs> and how did she my question is how did she know to go there that's She's just, just a crazy person who's riding the montauk train every single day <laughs> i think <laughs> looking for people <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, one of the things that really kind of fucked with me is when I was watching this uh, again for the first, you know, I watched it maybe 10 years ago and barely remember it. And then I was watching it last night and I'm trying to figure out, wait, that iconic scene where they're on the Charles. She did that with Elijah Wood's fucking asshole of a character and then did it in the opening scene chronologically. And then I realized, no, she's done that three times. Um, right. So she does it with Jim Carrey. She does it with Elijah Wood. And then she does it again with Jim yeah, Carrey. And right. I'm like, well, this is just the person. That's just her doing. Like, I, I could actually imagine her on the train taking people to the Charles River like a crazy woman. Oh, see, I, I thought that she was,
2: <laughs> trying, she was trying to <laughs> expunge the Elijah Wood memory by insisting right away that she go with Jim Carrey, uh, Joel. So... Like that was, I I thought what she was doing just because it was so weird and creepy from her perspective. What I, I, we should get to? I mean, yeah, it, let's, yeah, talk, yeah. Let's, yeah talk let's let's to Set about... that aside, but that's what I thought is she had such an icky memory, recent memory, because that had probably happened like a week ago, right? With Elijah, it was, Wood.
0: It, no, it was it the was like maybe the, night, like or or the, the night, night before last, yeah. Because he goes and takes her to the
1: Charles the night they're erasing Joel's memory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and remember, his his waking up is actually literally the day after uh, Mark Ruffalo and you know. No,
2: that uh, I don't think can is possible. So okay, let's talk about this. Just this is like nitty gritty chronology. Yeah, it's
1: important though.
0: So that's they erase his memory the evening of the thirteenth. Um, because he runs into his neighbor that evening and the neighbor says oh, that Valentine's Day is done. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. And then the next day he gets up and it's Valentine's Day and he goes out to the beach. So Kirsten Dunst mails the stuff the 14th and then it arrives the ah, next day. The next
1: day. I mean, that's
0: right. <laughs> it's speedy. Yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. I guess that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and she went on the night of the 13th to the Charles.
0: The Charles and again the night of the 15th. Mm-hmm.
2: And that is her memory. Right. Like she knows she was just there yeah, two days. Yeah, she does. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess yeah. the
1: mail arrives the morning of the 16th. Um, poor now the poor woman who is waiting to get her memory erased of her dead dog oh, is going like to be in a shit ton of pain. <laughs> like two days after, she's just going to have to live with it. It's like well, Fido is there isn't. It's unclear to me that there is any good relationship in this movie. Yeah, there's really I, not. Every, yeah. yeah, everybody's really either just like explicitly bad or just yeah. you know like david cross david and cross like, and
0: his wife like, oh my
1: god <laughs> <how much> they <laughs> I, I i love
2: that i love that character the david cross is so funny yeah. in this movie. i'm making
1: a birdhouse
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, there's a great scene where he's getting stoned and like the dog is on him and then like he does something to annoy the dog and the dog gets off and then like like a half second later, he's like, Get off me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: The tongue <laughs> yeah, already. This movie gets being stoned down. Yeah. Uh, at, at every level. I, I actually think there is a good relationship. I disagree with you guys. I think the Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst relationship. But, but, as soon, is soon as good. he's
0: out of the room, she's making out with the boss. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, minutes, literally. <laughs>
2: It's not a good. relationship. It's like it's a little, <laughs> a little, a little making out with the boss. Yeah. Never heard of marriage.
1: <laughs> He's got to respect her ambition, and, yeah.
2: or at least that could have maybe been a good relationship. To her. Here,
1: yeah, here's where I will agree with you. Um, they have the potential to have a good relationship, yeah. and here's where I think that the the lack of processing the pain of the the previous relationship by getting your memory erased is, in fact, what fucks up. The potential relationship between Ruffalo and, right. and Kirsten Dunst. That's right, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah. It would have, they could have become in, like, they could have, yeah,
2: fallen in love. And, All right. Should we go through yeah. this now chronologically? Not chronologically, but like sort of as the movie goes? As the,
1: yeah, along? as the movie goes.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, one of the things, the colors of this movie are are really beautiful, and there is a very, blue feel to those opening scenes you, you don't even know this but really that's the sort of the feel of i broke up with somebody it's cold out like everything's sort of shit right now and even though the, neither of them remember that that's the sort of feel of it and it really comes out in the color scheme of that. her hair is also blue there you know so yeah, it's yeah. like it's being reinforced on all these different levels and and i just think that scene on the train although it's 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 annoying and you find yourself struggling to like either character i think jim carrey is so good in that scene he's not going over the top with anything and every little bit of awkwardness and sort of resistance and being too much in your head he is doing without overdoing it i just i just think he's Uh, great in those
1: i mean he reminds me of sort of robin williams like when they're subdued when when you can reel them in to be subdued they're actually wonderful sort of emotion actors yeah yeah Um,
2: i also think that the scene of them in her apartment and then going to the charles and then especially where He's driving her back, and she's asleep. It it captures the magic of an op- the beginning of a relationship. Now it's it's actually not the beginning. We'll later find out, but at the time you think it's the beginning of the relationship.
1: Yeah, and, and for all it, intents and purposes, it, it is, is kind yeah. of. And it, you're right. It perfect. It, it yeah. does so well capturing that feeling of yeah. being in love, infatuated, really. Yeah. yeah, just that feeling of meeting somebody and wanting to spend the next week with yeah. them. Yeah, they had yeah. this
0: great little moment where she's fallen asleep in the car yeah, and she yeah. sort of reaches over and grabs his hand, right? And then and then she yeah. wakes up a little bit and she like starts, she's like, oh! You know, and, and pulls back, kind of looks embarrassed or, you know, so you get like, they don't actually know each other right. that well yet. They're clearly yeah. into each other. It's like- the movie has, I think, a lot of these, like, little things that you can easily, like, overlook them and still totally enjoy the movie. But they're, like, these cool little details that yeah. that's why I was happy that I had watched it a second time, like, in pretty quick succession. It's like, I feel like I caught some of those things yeah. the second right. time and having missed them the first time.
2: Yeah, that's right. She's like, all of a sudden, wait, I'm in a strange car. Yeah. Oh, no. act. This is, as, as he says, exactly the place I want to be right now. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. 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 And just the adventure of it and the the excitement and the just like this is going to be and it's and yeah. it's something that I don't think any relationship can sustain but it's really right. nice and it's really important for the movie that they capture it so well.
1: Right. And as as good as it is it is as hitting those highs of infatuation and romance and and, and excitement and you know like those shots even you know I'm I'm sitting there falling in love uh with Kate Winslet as as he's just looking at her sleeping yeah. just a shot of her face that's all it takes you just you you just you're just staring at someone who's sleeping like in that you get that feeling but as good as it is it, you know it gives you that fucking gut-wrenching pain of when when things no longer uh, work and and you know in some ways the memory erasing procedure Again, is just is just a stand-in for a quick version of what happens over a longer period of time, and and one of those moments of that feeling is when she, he goes and to the he goes to the to the bookshop and sees her working there and goes up to her and she's already had her memory erased and she is just like, who are you? Yeah, and the ripping the heart out feeling that you must have when somebody who you were with for two years. Won't even recognize you. Won't even talk to you, as if it seems like it's the coldest thing that a human being could ever do to another human being. Um, you feel that pain. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. At least I did. Now, like, I don't know. The 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 kids call it ghosting. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, like the person Stop won't stung- answer your texts. <laughs> Probably something like that. Like they're just they don't know me. Like. Why? Yeah. Why all of a sudden are they just not responding? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah those, those opening scenes are great. And then it sort of cuts. It's very confusing. This is in the past. Is this in the future? And then even when I kind of got that it was in the past, I didn't know why he was crying. Like, what is he crying about? He's crying about the fact right now that he's, having, he's about to have his memory erased.
0: Right. He's on his Be- way right. to get his memory erased.
2: Yeah, he's on his way home to get his
1: memory erased, and he's probably having sort of second thoughts. It's it's almost an invisible cut because he's in the car, and it's a, it's after everything has happened, and then he's in the car, and he's crying. But he throws the tape away,
2: right? So, like, is that the tape that we later find at the end scene? That because so no, I thought no. he was just listening. Was
0: he was listening know, to Beck? And yeah, they, there's another listen- scene in the in the movie where they're listening to that same album. So uh, that's yeah. why he, yeah.
1: it's the pain the yeah. pain of the music. Uh, actually, one of my favorite scenes that Yoel clearly wrote is when uh they're high and talking about the clash. Oh my god. <laughs> the only band that matters, man. <laughs> the only band I mean they named themselves that for a reason. <laughs> Those scenes
2: in his apartment, once Kristen Dunst gets there, are just like, I mean, as standalone, just the, that whole phenomenology of being stoned with people that you like. And then there's that one weird guy that you are so grateful when the weird guy leaves. <laughs> you and, could not
1: pay me to get stoned around Elijah Wood. Those, those fucking eyes, man. Fucking Frodo with his creepy. He is so creepy in this he movie. is great. He's so And great just now.
2: the way she treats him like Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> is so it's so kinda of cold and, uh, right. and and so warranted and I, I, I kinda <laughs> I love her in this movie. I absolutely <laughs> I love the character. I love the I love Kirsten Dunst. Like I am in love with her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's clear. It's clear. So then, uh, Elijah Wood and we don't know, and Mark Ruffalo are just sort of like stalking him in a van. They go up into his apartment. He takes a, some sort of extra hard sleeping pill, and that um, makes him woozy. And then they start deleting his memories. Now, here's a question for you guys: Do they go? Is are the memories that are being deleted? in exact reverse chronological
1: order i thought so yeah i th- i didn't i don't I, I I didn't pay attention to whether it was exact but the idea of the last time he saw her being the last memory that was deleted uh seemed to me to that that the it f- was going in
0: the first time the, he for, saw her?
1: first time all the way yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. The first time you he saw her being the last, that, that that's what it was intended to yeah. indicate. Right? Yeah.
0: So the first thing to go is when his neighbor mentions her.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is then he name. has the lacuna envelope, so he hasn't yeah. gotten notified yet to, like, not bring her up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: One thing that, like, is problematic here is, like... What do you think when you've paid these people, like, let's say a thousand dollars and you don't remember what you're
1: like, there's a whole, there's a whole layer of, of logistics that would never work. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like you getting mention, a note like
2: saying, don't mention <laughs> this person right. and, and that yeah. everyone just keeps anyway. to that
0: kind
1: of,
2: yeah. You know, uh, uh,
0: yeah, yeah no, that's, that's,
1: uh, yeah. not except for are. David Cross, right.
0: which <laughs> you yeah, know, but why, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with David Cross. I feel like why not tell the guy what's happened? Like, why should you keep the secret? From, from him. your friend. Right. Yeah. I get not mentioning it to her,
1: but like, right. why well, not to the guy like, who's directly? I mean, it's, it seems incredibly strained that somebody c- could go get, like, if I wanted to get my memory of Tamler erased right now. And nobody tells Tamler, like, how is he not going to keep calling me? You know, like, like we got to do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There are times
2: where it does feel like that's what happened. But
1: who are you? David just won't call me back,
0: man. I don't understand what's going on. Um, But yeah, I think we are supposed to uh, understand that the memories are being erased uh, last to first. You know, the first
2: memories that are being erased are all pretty horrible. Yeah i was watching i watched the last time with eliza and she said maybe that's because those are the ones that are at the forefront of your memories and they have to work a lot harder to get to the good memories because you've stored them in a deeper place and i thought that was very sweet and insightful but Mm.
1: it's not true if it's uh, well, I think it just—they're both—they're both, they're both yeah. horribly confounded in in this particular story, right? Where it's like the oh, yeah. the h- horrible memories are the ones that happened yeah, most recently. That's right. You got to go pretty far back to see the good times, right. which is what led me to at least the illusion that that this was overwhelmed by badness um, as a relationship. That that it wouldn't like if you were doing the calculus. It seemed to me that the calculus wouldn't work out. It's just pure hedonic calculus, that it was much more painful than it was happy.
2: I, I, I don't know. That said, let's talk about this right now. Yeah. So, once you get through like breakup scenes um, and you start getting to like scenes where things might be a little shaky, like the kid, like I want to have a yeah. kid, and he says, I don't. I, I got the sense that those were really some good times. They were having, you know, they were mid. Relationship there, and so you have fights, but then you also have um, really nice times. And now you know each other a little better, and you sort of—I I don't know, like—and and yeah,
1: and yeah, maybe maybe you're right. I mean, I I think I'm maybe falling prey to sort of recency and negativity bias, right? And you're right, like that's not—I encoded that scene as like, fuck, they got in a huge fight because she, you know, because he told her. You're not ready for kids, (laughs) like that was bad. And maybe Um, that maybe she
2: is ready for kids if she has a kid. (laughs) Like she's not ready for kids if she doesn't have a kid. If she has a kid, she'll get her shit together.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. You
2: know what I mean, though. Like maybe he was wrong to say that. Maybe that was perhaps.
1: I I think that's always the wrong thing to say
0: to your girlfriend. uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but I also maintain that that this movie characterizes her as as a a bit off her rocker um in a way that's really seems mentally unstable and i don't know if it's just his perception of her but
2: but she is also the person that saves their relationship or at least gets it to go another cycle because it is her idea like even though he wants to stop deleting it it's her met his memory of her She's the person that gets them to run and hide in old, humiliating memories and that plants the Montauk seed.
1: I mean, it's his memory of her. It, yeah.
2: So but that's how but that sort of indicates, right, that she's the person that both does impulsive, shitty things, but also like drives what's good in their relationship. She was the one that said, let's go to the Charles.
1: Right. Right. A lot of his happiness in that relationship was a result of her efforts and her um, impulsiveness, which is her impulsiveness. Yeah. Should we take a break? Speaking of impulsive,
2: um, I kind of need to impulsively sure. piss.
1: Sounds awesome. I'm going to get some water. <laughs> I like my planned pissing. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards. We'd like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners, all the people who support us, who get in touch with us. There are a lot of different ways you can get in touch with us right now. You can email us, verybadwizards at gmail.com. Tweet us at Tamler at peas or at Very Bad Wizards. We have a Facebook page with a lively discussion on each episode. Um, we You can go on Reddit. There's a subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash wizards. Also, discussion of each episode, plus a bunch of other things. There's a funny
1: photo of a fake Very Bad Wizards newspaper. <laughs> right. Uh, There's Very Bad Wizards, yeah. bingo. Yes, we've been having some good discussion about race and IQ uh, on that episode. That's uh, right. There's Someone posted not not
2: really an objection to your line on that but 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 some questions about it and you yeah. went on there and answered those questions. Yeah, good good discussion. And we love that. We're very proud of the community that has sprouted up around this podcast. So thank all of you for that. We're very grateful and it's hard to overemphasize how much and it's especially hard to overemphasize how much we are grateful to our supporters the people who support us in more tangible ways financially you can do that in one of a number of different ways all of which are on our support page you can um, give us a one-time donation on paypal You can click on the Amazon link and then do your normal shopping and at no extra cost to you we'll get a little cut of whatever you spend. So anytime you buy something expensive, try to remember to go to uh, our website first. And you can uh, go to Teespring, order some of our merch, and you can support us on Patreon. We love our Patreon subscribers. Patreon.com/slash Very and just donate a little amount of money for every episode. We have some news about Patreon actually, which is our poll winner, the patron selected topic.
1: This was a this was like a, a horse race. And uh, and I was surprised. I was surprised. It's an upset. I think. It was an upset.
2: I think it's an upset. I would have. I would have bet a lot of money, and and even given some odds that an implicit bias would win, but it came in second, and not even that close a second to psychology of personality. So that's what we will do. One on an implicit bias. I, I think we we'll, we can you will we will definitely do both of these within the near future,
1: but psychology of personality will definitely do very soon I think I know why it won I think that even though people say they want uh implicit bias as a topic, they secretly harbor attitudes and a uh, sense of discrimination against the topic of implicit bias, and they just <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah thank you to all our patreon subscribers we love you we just got over a thousand so now we have a thousand and two at this point uh we have a thousand and two patrons and i don't know i i couldn't be more proud of that who would have thunk well we have great listeners we've always really? had a very high quality uh, level That's of true. Listeners. all of them
1: all yeah of them. even uh, the ones who troll uh, me on twitter <laughs> Dave is
2: trollable. If you guys feel like trolling, I'm pretty good about just not getting involved.
1: Dave will just you catch him in the right mood and you <laughs> can it. troll it's, away. Don't troll me, please. I have a little self-control. Um
2: <laughs> uh, there's one other way you can support more me than Dave here. In fact, Dave is supporting me and that is you can pre-order my book, Why Honor Matters, which for me just arrived, the hard copy, and it looks great. I can tell you this. I don't know whether the content is any good, but it looks great. It feels great. And it's so hard. so hard. It's so hard. It is. like It's bestseller on Viagra. If mm. you guys can pre-order the book, and if you do, go to basicbooks.com. Dot com um, and and the right at the, the website where my book is located has a bunch of different places you can buy the book or pre-order the book and also a place to upload your receipt and then once the book comes out we will have available for you or at least within a couple weeks of that a bonus episode only to people who pre-ordered the book We'll have a bonus episode, something on honor, something hopefully lighthearted, not too long. Um, we're aiming for about 20 to 30 minutes, and I'd really appreciate it. And I so th- I,
1: thanks to everybody who's done it already because there are a lot of you. If, uh, if Tamler makes the New York Times uh, list of bestsellers, I will personally fly out to Houston and give him a big hug and drink a shot of bourbon with him videotape the whole thing and upload it <laughs> tell a friend i know it's compelling so if, you,
2: if you want some good like 40 <laughs> year old man on 40 year old man porn
1: that's uh, where i was going to start with it then i thought i was going to make this pg so that i could really uh, lie down there and 69 damn damn like, on the nine wait does it matter uh no i don't know if it matters <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right well yes thank you to everybody
2: back to yoel and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind if there's ever a, a movie that just just exudes testosterone <laughs> and honor it's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind so let's you want to you wanted to talk about the b plot dave
1: yeah, at least to get it out of the way, because um, for, for people who ignored our advice and they're listening, even though they didn't watch it, uh, the B-plot is um, that the employees at Lacuna Incorporated, the company which is... Seems a little fly by nighty, yeah. You know, for the, the technology that they're supposed to be <laughs> having, uh, <yeah>. uh,
2: <laughs> it's, it seems like a like uh, a dentist office, like of yeah, your, like, exactly. Age, like when office. you get the really low insurance kind of yeah. like yeah, the, the ones HMO. the ones
1: that take the uh, the state state covered. Uh, you <laughs> right? know. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, so it is as the majority of the movie is half that he is in uh, the Jim Carrey, Joel Joel is in his bed as he's getting his memories erased. And so part of the time we are looking at essentially a, a chase scene, right? Where um, they're running through all of the memories that are getting zapped. And as, as he is uh, trying to hold on to memories of Clementine, they keep moving across different memories and then sort of... All of a sudden she gets zapped as if there's some big, big sort of eraser coming down on them, uh, erasing her memories. But in the meantime, the people who are doing the zapping are in his apartment. Mark Ruffalo, a.k.a. Uh, uh, Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the Incredible Hulk, uh, and Elijah Wood are, are in his apartment while he's wearing essentially a hairdryer and they're zapping. I love, by the way, what is it? Was that like a Mac portable Like the the uh, computer? I don't know what that was. It was yeah. a great sort of like an old time, yeah. like an old school laptopy before laptops yeah. had actual. Screens. i mean, consistent
0: I with the shittiness
1: of the office and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. is the and this is not a, during an era where they should have had that kind of. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, right. It looks like they're playing asteroids on the screen right. as they're it's searching. Like, out <laughs> <and> <laughs> right. Exactly. <ends up laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I love this about the movie how low tech all of this stuff feels. You know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the cliche that makes
1: it in some sense timeless yeah. because right. you don't yeah. you're not. Not like, right. oh, this was like it's 2004, not, right? They, Early 2000s yeah.
0: thought was high tech,
2: yeah, yeah. With <laughs> like Black Mirror, they don't do that, they really try to get as sort of up to date as they yeah. can yeah. imagine it, and this just takes the opposite tack to that, I think, to really <laughs> exactly. good effect in this case. Yeah.
1: So, they're uh working on, on zapping his memories, it's sort of an overnight procedure in his in the comfort of his own home. Weird Patrick, we find out, has been uh, the Elijah Wood character has actually unethically fallen in love with Clementine during the erasing memory procedure and has started using Joel's memories as a way to kick game to make Clementine fall in love with him. We find out that he stole her panties from her house when they were performing the procedure. He's presumably been a couple of days in a relationship with her, a few days in a relationship with her, and uh, he leaves, and Kirsten Dunst and Mark Ruffalo smoke light up a doobie and drink some, some whiskey and dance around in their underwear until all of a sudden something's going wrong. And what's going wrong is that what the other part of what we're seeing is that Jim Carrey, Joel, and Clementine, that his memory of Clementine, are uh, successfully escaping the big erasers, right? They, are, they decide upon, once he sets his will to not having his memory erased, his memory of Clementine... Uh, suggests that, that they go to corners of his mind where, in fact, some so memories in his mind uh, that would be hard to find. That is, And also memories. that they would never think to look for. Because, that they would never think to look, right? Yeah. Very embarrassing memories. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a scene where he is a little boy. So a lot of childhood memories, a lot of emotional, dist- distressing, hurtful memories that they take to hiding, too. That's the majority of the movie is this running through various memories while she is getting erased.
2: You know, those scenes are like kind of science fiction chase movie or like Hitchcock or some kind of, you know, blend of all of that. And you also see I think this is where I really start to get why he loves Clementine. Like this is he needs that in his life. He needs somebody who's going to figure out like what the right thing to do, and actually has the like force of will to to do it. You know, and
1: And one one of the painful things too in all of this is that you realize that if he really wants to get rid of. The pain. He has to get rid of all the good times, right?
2: You see, then the first time they went to the Charles, which was a beautiful night, and that I think it's in the first time where he says, "I wouldn't, I don't want to be anywhere else." That's right right right
1: because that's right because then. One of the pages of his journal where right. he has yeah. has that very scene drawn and um, quoted, and that's where Elijah Woods' character, uh, Patrick, uh, um, baby is, boy, <laughs> <yeah. sighs> Patrick, wants to use that same those same lines yeah. on her when they go to the Charles, and that's what actually freaks her out. Is that's,
2: there any larger significance to that? Like, so I think there is, but I haven't figured out what just the fact that he tries to mimic what he did and how horribly awry
1: that goes anything i mean there's a surface like my first thought is but it's not too deep is that that it triggers something in her that she realized that she has some emotion of those words that just are not appropriately tagged to him and that's why she freaks out. It's it's that she realizes that something's wrong because those, the emotional, whatever the emotional aspect of that memory is, even though she doesn't remember it happening, there is something that she's retained that makes her know that this is wrong. And I believe she even says this is wrong, right? Yeah. This is wrong. Yeah. Like they should not be going, those words should not be coming out of his mouth.
2: It's not the the words... And the little gifts, which he also gives, he gives the same gifts. Those things have to match the feelings in a way.
1: And when they don't... She is not somebody who needs to hear those words. Like, those words coming from anybody are not... You know, she's not somebody who loves that particular piece of jewelry. She is somebody who... Loved hearing those words from him at that time. That
0: was was another great little moment where he gives her, Patrick gives her that piece of jewelry and she's like, oh, it's perfect. I've never dated a guy who got my taste in jewelry before. And then she gives him like a suspicious little look. Yeah. Like, how did you fucking do that? You know, I I thought that was just so cool. Um, Yeah. I feel like they do a little bit of like, if this technology existed, how would it be misused? You know the most yeah. obvious example is the doctor uh erasing uh Mary's memory of their affair, right? Yeah,
2: so going back to the subplot, you find out that uh Kirsten Dunst Mary ha- has always had this crush on the the uh, on Tom Wilkinson's character, Howard. His pure <laughs> Pure Bartlett's, so sweet when she's like (laughs) Pope Alexander, (laughs) Pope Alexander, right? Do you like quotes? I find them inspirational. She says anyway. uh, You find out that they had an affair, and then you see a scene, and and this is one of those scenes where it's not taking place in the present, and it's also not taking place in his memory. It's one of those. It's it's one of the few scenes that's sort of out of time in the rest of the movie, but you see him kind of gently convince her to get her memory erased. It's not that he forces, he doesn't do it against her will, but he kind of leads her to make that decision to erase their affair from her memory. I think it's supposed to model like getting an abortion or something like that, you know?
0: (laughs) She's listening to the tape, right? That's how we hear that. So it's not like we see them in the moment having that conversation. She goes to the office. Oh, you're right. She puts in her tape. And yeah, and you can hear him being like, well, we agreed that this is what you wanted, right? And and then what's cool about that is that he's just misrepresented that. Like he, because he makes it sound like, oh, this is what you wanted. It was your idea. You know, and yeah, really right. it's that he talked her into it. Yeah. Like she seen Again,
2: like like an abortion.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's a, there's an aspect of the procedure that I think is bears worth mentioning, which is that it is a tedious procedure and you you essentially have to start telling the story mm-hmm. and you have to bring in, uh, things that remind you of this person and slowly but surely they're mapping they're 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 creating a cognitive map or a neurological map of your memories so that they can then go by like go and have the night of actually erasing all of those memories <clears throat> it really requires the cooperation of the person uh, yeah. to a great to a great deal they have to bring in every single piece of any any artifact that reminds them of a person has to be disposed of um, and this is actually where where uh, Elijah Wood's character gets the artifacts that he uses in his attempt to seduce um Kate Winslet um because of all the stuff that Jim Carrey turned in including that little drawing of them on the Charles the first time is it him that suggests going to the Charles or is it her she does she, she does, does. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah every time mm-hmm. i think yeah, yeah. But then it's just so, so in some ways she kind of fucks him over. She takes him to the Charles and then like (laughs) immediately just wants to leave. Like, it's like a, it's like a four hour drive.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. Uh, You know, it's such an iconic, you know, I think that was the movie, the Mm -hmm. sort of poster or whatever the, whatever's on the cover of it is them laying down on the frozen Charles river with the cracks beneath them. And, um, you know, that's probably a lot to read into that, but notably it is, the cover of the movie is her with blue hair indicating that it is the last time, hmm. not the first time. Yeah. And this is another thing that I thought, you know, he's actually a, perhaps he actually really is an optimist that they're going to find love the second time around. Um, a good, a good relationship the second time around, or maybe he's just reminding us that like, it's, look, it's just all gonna, <laughs> it's all gonna get fucked. <laughs> it's actually that crack. Those cracks are actually going to open up. <laughs> so, just
2: one last thing to say about the subplot, and then we can talk about the memories. Kirsten Dunst, in many ways, is like the hero of the movie because she's the first person. I know I'm just I can't stop talking about her. <laughs> i not going to say anything. <laughs> but she's the hero of the movie. She's the thing that like that that puts a stop to people just denying the pain that they ha- had in trying to erase it rather than dealing with it, she kind of forces everybody to come to terms with what they experienced. And the reason it's, I think, a kind of heroic act is because she's does that knowing the pain that she's experiencing. And, you know, I think it's a very significant line when she asks Mark Ruffalo, who just clearly, I think, loves her, and yeah. is very upset by what's happened and and then she asks him well, the last time you saw me with him did I look happy and he says yes yeah you look like you just had a special secret he says you were smiling and that w- and then like that makes her uh send out all the tapes and send out the notes and i don't know we could debate the ethics of doing that
1: yeah i think that that she's undoubtedly wrong to do that i think she's right in that nobody should good thing comes from the painful memories but you know but i think she fucked over like that old lady who just wanted to forget her dog <laughs>
2: <laughs> i i mean it's 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 wrong in that it's paternalistic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but like,
1: like i
0: they chose to forget yes. and who are you to decide that they were wrong for yeah that?
2: right i mean uh, she's that's, fucking kirsten that's dunst and she do <laughs> whatever the fuck she wants <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, hers is sort of the the the, the a clear tragedy, um, and it's a clear tragedy, I think, for Mark Ruffalo's character too. So, so his wife catches them. Um, that Howard, the doctor, uh, his wife sees them kissing. They are able to salvage what was going wrong. So even though he kept trying to escape and trying to escape in his memory, in his memories, um, they finally did. I take it, it's supposed to have been successful Mm -hmm. in the end. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause Howard waking up the next morning comes in and he's and he like sort of saves the
2: day. That Mark Ruffalo wasn't the memory zapper that Howard is. Mm -hmm. And and, it's better. His (laughs) asteroid top score was nowhere near Howard's. Right. um, Donkey Kong. But, (laughs) But then, yeah, Howard gets everything except like that sort of subconscious impulse to
1: go to montauk right that that little thing that he retained to go to montauk which he doesn't even really realize that he you know he hasn't retained it propositionally mm-hmm.
2: he well he, he says at the sort of beginning impulse. of the movie right there's a line where he says i i don't know why i all of a sudden like but did this like i'm not an impulsive person and he's mm-hmm. not which just shows that that's the little remnant of her that's still in him uh yeah. is that little that impulse that he had so here's what i want to ask you guys because i don't know anything about the psychology of memory obviously setting aside the asteroid zapping and the (laughs) neuroscience of it to what extent is it even attempting a plausible account of how memories work
1: i mean there's a couple of problems uh you know and again this is not a criticism of the movie at all because like you just suspend your disbelief like but we don't know how these memories are stored. Like there's no like location where say your memory of this event is stored in any way that we understand that well. Um so I mean I think there are plenty of theories saying that they have to be physically represented in in some structure. But we're so I think we're so far from knowing like the
0: light How, up in map fact, of the brain, where it's like it's there, and yeah. it's there, and it's there. Well, no, yeah. I
2: know, yeah, I guess I meant more just this. Forget about the neuroscience of it, the psychology of it, the way that so so. There's these amazing scenes, and like we haven't even said like it's 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 it's, it's, it's a weird movie throughout yeah. because there's like most of it is taking place with in his mind where memories are getting erased as he's also kind of simultaneously experiencing them. And so the way that happens, I thought perhaps that that it was reflecting something in like in how it gets
0: erased. Uh, I mean, it sort of makes it seem like you have a like a videotape in your head of what happened to you. And we know that yeah. that's not true for autobiographical right. memory, that they're,
1: they're much more constructed than people think, right? That's right. Yeah. That's, that's actually a good point in this context, because even if those are the memories that he really truly has, um, there is no guarantee at all that they're accurate. But how do so, we I mean, know they, that they're not constructed in in the movie? That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? We have, no, we have zero guarantee that those are accurate memories, right? So he could have, and this is something that I, that, I had the feel of, but but until you said what you just said, I hadn't uh, thought to make it explicit. But that um, much of what she is, even the the you know we know very you know we we are constantly rewriting our memories, and oftentimes they are in ways that make that are advantageous to us, right? That make so he might actually be misremembering the positive times as better, or or perhaps misremembering the recent bad times is worse. You know, I don't think that the director wanted us to think this about memory, though. I think that he definitely wanted us to view it more as the objective record of of events that occurred. I, I don't, I don't
2: necessarily agree with that, but just because I don't think that would be Charlie Kaufman's intention either. I think he's someone that's well aware of the constructed nature of memory and would and would want to incorporate that rather than sort of pretend it didn't exist for the purpose of telling some other story.
0: I mean, the way you see them disassembled, though, as they're erasing, it's like, you know, they're in the memory, yeah. there's like the wall of the apartment and it disappears, right? And that, that's not mm-hmm. how we remember autobiographically. It's like, we know where we were and that we were with this person. And then you have knowledge about what does the wall of my apartment look like? And you sort of fill that in, right? It's not like you have the video yeah. of like, what in the moment did But how,
2: how do mean? we know that that's really the wall of his apartment rather than his construction of the wall in the apartment?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, it, it's just, to me, it suggests like when you're watching this kind of like come apart in pieces, the suggestion is that's how it was in there to me.
2: Right. Because I guess it's not that detailed in the memory in the first place. You can't picture the restaurant where you like you can just remember the feel of the
1: restaurant or something
0: like that. Yeah.
1: There's a great creepy scene of uh, him. Because he never saw Elijah Wood's face, right? Oh, so he's spinning him um, around. So yeah. he's spinning him around to see who he <laughs> yeah. is. But, that, but his face isn't yeah. represented in his memory. So when he spins him around, all he yeah. sees is the back of his head. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so
2: good. Cool. And like that's the that's so the scariest good. scene. That's when it becomes yeah. kind of a horror movie almost. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. Um, to me, all of these the the memory scape seems like dreamscape to me in a in yeah. a in a effective way. I mean, this is you know if you're gonna. I don't know cinematically it's like might as well be in his dreamland like especially his childhood memories or whatever you're you're sort of yeah capturing capturing the vibe the emotional state that you were in when this thing happened the details may not be that important. Um, so when he's in the bookstore, his memory of being in the bookstore, there's a, there's one where it's like, you know, these achieve a level of creepiness that is, is really visceral. Like when all of the books are blank or all of the, at first, all of the, uh, all of the category, uh, placards or whatever are blank. Yeah. Um, then right before it's like getting erased, all of the book spines are blank. Um, it's great. It's so
2: gradual too.
1: One of the things that you always pointed to is that, you know, this as a procedure doesn't make too much sense because... What you'd have to be erasing really is the memory of what a Barnes & Noble looks like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that would be really bad. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and there wasn't that
2: much, there's not that much detail to begin with in your memory. So yeah. like, so, yeah. so these
1: classic studies where you ask people, uh, you show people a, a, a scene of a professor's office um, and then you ask them to recall what was in the professor's office the original picture didn't have books, but everybody sort of fills in that there were books on a bookshelf uh, because that's just what they think a professor's office has to look like. And so it creeps its way into the memory. That's what, sort of what what must be going on. Your 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 mind is filling in a whole bunch of blanks about what a train looks like, about what a beach looks like, or from all of the times you've been on that beach, what it looks like. And so to narrow it down to eliminating the memory of Clementine walking on the beach – would be kind of uh, difficult. And maybe they're giving a little nod to that when when they're in Grand Central Station and they don't need to be erasing all those other people but right. but the the method isn't isn't precise enough to yeah. allow for for only the erasing of her
2: that had um, an inception like feel to it, yeah, it did. Uh, yeah like I'm someone who lives in movie lines and tv lines that are just constantly popping in my head and I'll often think of a line in in something but I won't know where it's from and so, you know, of course that drives me crazy if I can't if I know the line. Yeah. Like you can feel what it's from before you can actually pinpoint what it is. Yeah. And it's just hovering the 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 like y- before the actual name pops into your mind of what it is, so many just impressionistic features of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah you're able to say it was a it was a scene in which the person's feeling something really bad or like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, exactly. Yeah. And so
2: yeah. what, like the, I don't know, explain I mean, that. I mean, you guys are a
0: psychologist.
1: David, do you want to- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I know. I think that that's, that's sort of one of the things that you could take this movie to be saying about memory is that the ineffectiveness of this procedure is because the memories that you have of someone are far more, they make their tendrils emotionally all the way through. I mean, we, and obviously, we know there's different kinds of memory. Like, like uh, um, you, I, I like just talking about that Tamler, reminds me of the the gambling task that what's his name uses. Damasio, um, yeah. Damasio uses where oh, yeah. you what? are picking from a risky deck or from a safe deck. You, before you know propositionally at all that one deck is riskier than the other one, right. um, you you learn to pick from the safe right. deck. Right um and and so so there is this this emotional tag that you've given your experience with one of those and it's not it's not the same as an autobiographical memory and it's not the same as a sort of a propositional piece of knowledge but nonetheless there it is it is a conditioned memory yeah it's It's, associative i would say it's associative yeah so that's really cool
2: have and you, that's yeah. sort of like why the thing with Elijah Wood on the Charles goes so awry. It's that's not the right,
0: right. path. It was like a mismatch. Yes. Yeah. 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 Have you guys ever had the experience of like you go to a talk or you read a paper and then you forget the content entirely, but you do remember that you liked it or disliked it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 I don't big. know what right.
1: it was, but right. it was a shitty talk. <laughs> right.
0: And then somebody's yeah. like, Oh why, what did you dislike? And it's like, I, I don't yeah. remember totally yeah
1: i i mean there's all kinds of other kinds of implicit memory as well like um uh even people who can't form new memories right like memento kind of people i've heard i don't know if this is true that you can keep telling an anterograde an enterograd amnesic a joke and they will swear that they don't they've never heard it before but they'll laugh less each time
0: mm.
1: um <laughs> but there is there are forms of memory that 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 would be very, very difficult to get through. And I think that the tendrils of the emotional, all of the emotional qualities, there's no way, even if we had a great way of eliminating specific pieces of information, you know, I I think it'd be such an implausible thing to wipe a person who has affected you so deeply.
0: So the the classic example that I think is actually really on point here is HM, the anterograde amnesia patient and the guy with the pin. So guy comes into the room, shakes H.M.'s hand and has hidden a pin in his palm so that it, you know, yeah, pokes him. Yeah. Um, guy leaves the room, comes back in, goes to shake H.M.'s hand again. H.M.'s like, no, I don't like that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and we'll <laughs> right. tell you he's never seen him before. Is just, I don't like the looks of him. Yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, part of that, uh, <laughs> the, the disliking, the, this uh, was associated with an unpleasant experience for me. That
1: stayed. Right. even though, And that, that can explain why when they see themselves on the train. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a, there's like they're instantly a, a much it, more immediate pull than yeah. there was the first time they met. So her. there's like
2: two different processes. There's the process of sort of the behavior that, that's going to motivate a certain behavioral response. And then there's a process of knowing why you're responding that way. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. the yeah. behavioral response learning is something that even animals that don't really have a brain show, like yeah. you know a flatworm or something will learn to associate stimuli with good or bad things.
2: So here's a question for you guys that I actually can't answer very well because I don't think I've had in my life, it's weird to say, but it's part of being married for as long as I've been and in a relationship for even longer than that, this kind of like devastating breakup with somebody, Um, you know, even the relationships I've had aside from my wife are ones that ended for the most part about as well as you could expect. Like have you guys had relationships that you would that if this process was possible, you
1: might consider it? David. Yes. Um I was going to say just you wait Tim. <laughs> could be. It's true. I've been I've been talking to Jen. Yeah, no, I know. I'm like looking Yeah. <laughs> the the paper, you haven't gotten the papers yet, have you? Um Not yet. No. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably one relationship where, uh, and I, ha- I was having a long discussion with with my friend uh, Nikki about this uh, last night about whether or not, you know, I was I I, I do think that this is the only way to learn, from is is to keep the memory. You know, there's something valuable in keeping the memory. and I think the part you know part of what this film is trying to say is there's no shortcut to the grieving process of, of a relationship, um, yeah. that's gone downhill. Um, I was talking uh, in the context of whether I would, knowing full well that it had gone to shit, uh, a particular relationship, um, would I choose to have never had it? And I, I, in most of my relationships, it's almost always the case that I would say, no, it was totally worth it, right? There's maybe one relationship where I would say, Eh, maybe not worth it. like maybe the pain was completely uh overwhelmed, whatever I may have learned about life, about me, about you know whatever um i I can't say that I would get my memory erased, but I definitely would say if if the relationship between Joel and Clementine got as painful as I know relationships can get, I would be screaming to them as they were walking away, happy to enter this new relationship that they're fucking insane <laughs> don't do it. that they are signing don't, up for a world of pain don't. <laughs> don't do it like you think that you you know you fall in love again of course you have because you fell in love the first time but like come on like you if you know that it's going to be that painful like there is no rational actor in my head that that can imagine but i think this is just this is a descriptive truth of human beings that we go into things knowing n- Knowing that they're probably a bad idea, but when we're in love, we just all oh, that goes out the window. I mean, yeah. just, yeah. there,
0: there's a lot of things that we know are going to end badly, right? Like, so we were just talking uh, before the show about I, I lost my dog recently, yeah. which you know he he got to be 17 and it, he had a wonderful life in it, but it's still miserable. Right, but I can't yeah. wait to get another dog. I'm super excited to get another dog, and I know that dog, if all goes well, is going to die before me, right? So like, yeah, no, no, but I know,
1: but that you're right, but that's not a hard that's not a hard case where like, yeah, your dog, you you've experienced like hard pain, but but like clearly like, and Yoel's dog Bruno was just like the fucking. Mench of dogs right it was a right. wonderful like dog. that dog just was just so happy <laughs> to see you so there was a time where i would have said yeah let me erase these things from my memory. it's the only time i probably would have felt the appeal of this um i would still be wary of of erasing it from my memory for the fear that i would essentially burn my hand on the stove again because maybe what i've learned like hm so don't shake that person's hand and this is what i fear is going on with with Joel and Clementine, they have they're like Bart. They keep touching the same hot stove. Um, right? <laughs> the, the, they, the, what is they, it? The muffin they, <laughs> or the cupcake? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ow! 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 Um, <laughs> uh, where where it seems as if you would you would want to say you know, and this might turn on the details of how painful it was and how good it was, um, but there is some level at which I would say like don't don't do it like you're making a mistake. It's a, it's a, in the JDM lingo, it's just a rational error, right? It's a, it's a total error
0: to, to get in the relationship
1: again. Yeah. Yeah. The second time as they're, as they're like in that happy moment, the gondry has given us this like happy moment at the end where you, Oh, they're coming back together again. And like, and, you're just like, remember, it was so painful, you were willing to risk brain damage to get this out of your sorry, head. But
0: you really don't... Sorry, go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I think you're sort of... Un, like, that reading of the final scene doesn't take enough into account, in my view, The that, that sense of relief when he says okay and that both she feels and he feels she's like kind of like half crying and then like it's like the tension from their bodies just like goes away and it's just
1: i I feel like you're reading and you're that that's your reading i mean but that is definitely my reading
2: but it's not like it's i i that was always my reading
1: of the movie yeah yeah but but what I'm saying is I I don't know that that in the text you, they're actually showing relief on their face like in because because in in my mind they're saying okay is is sort of see how dumb humans are like they're like Bart who continues to put his uh. hand on the hot stove right that is there is something that is uncontrollable about the process of being infatuated that's so addictive that they are going to go through the same very bad experience
0: what why is that a necessity like why can't they do better the second time
1: well there's nothing in there that there's i don't think there's anything in there to indicate that they're you know presumably learning is what makes you do better the second time right but the whole point of erasing your memory is that you like that's the danger is that you are erasing the learning that has occurred yeah and so unless you really want to go into like a theory of implicit learning which i don't think I don't think is the intention of this, right. right? Like, I don't think this is a thesis about the kind of memory right. that can. But, but they
0: know um, they know now that things ended poorly the last time, and she at they least know, they know in the sense
1: that they, you know when you get married like, that it's yeah. like a fifty fifty shot. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, I think
1: you it feels really more personal. Know. You
0: think this time it's gonna go perfectly like, well. Look, the last time we were together, this happened. That's different <laughs> than like statistical information about the percentage of times that whatever. And it seems like she has a pretty good grasp on what actually went wrong. Like she summarizes that I think very accurately. So I think knowing she had that, a good
1: grasp when they first got into it of like yeah. what kind of a person she was. You know? Yeah. I just feel like, like it's salvageable. It,
2: the thing that's changed is that they now know not
1: to expect that things are going to change. like Maybe. And it, I think that to, to our conversation is totally resolved based on what you think they have learned from, from hearing the tapes. And, yeah. and I think the only thing that's dividing our intuitions is me thinking that infatuation, just like you can look past any number of horrible qualities in another human being— and we do so all the time. And in retrospect, we're like, oh, man, I sh-. like when I, you know, yeah. when I saw the antipsychotics in her in her purse, maybe I should have thought <laughs> twice. Um, but then you do it anyway. About so. taking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the full yeah. bottle. The full <laughs> bottle from yeah. last month.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah no. And, and you know what I'm sort of, I think, downplaying is this scene has happened like right after the, like a magical night. Right. with them and yeah. so he is going to be inclined as you say and so <laughs> yeah. yeah what about you yoel do you is that have you ever wanted to erase would i erase anything
0: no no um it, i i have a bad memory to start with um so that's helpful <laughs> actually because it's like that pain like it, it it gets better very quickly right and at this yeah. point it's like, well, that, I, I've gone through but the... herpes, the herpes is forever. <laughs> that's the one, Listen, thing that's that the one topic I told erase. you that we could not get into. <laughs>
1: Dr. Howard hasn't developed
0: a procedure for that, has he? Um, you know, the bad parts happened already. And now it's something that like, I, I look back on and hopefully learn from. Um, so there's no point in erasing it now. I guess the... You would want to erase it when the pain is at its worst, right? Yeah. When you're like, when "I just can't live it. with yeah. this right now." That's that's when you want to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, the lady right. in the in the waiting room who wanted to erase her dog, I was like, "Oh my god, how could you?" Like, that's that's the worst thing. Like, it's like, it's, it's like dies twice. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the memory is all you have anymore.
2: I I almost think that that was. Because that, that doesn't strike me as realistic that anyone would ever want to do that. Nobody like, would that struck me it. almost as a Frenchman not, <laughs> who has never had a dog kind of imagining. I like,
1: Kaufman wrote the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, well, I'm surprised you let that go through in the final version. Yoel.
1: You know, you,
0: you can't win them all. <laughs> Hollywood place. Hollywood look like when that girl broke up with me when I was like 20 and I was miserable for like a month afterwards like
1: would I then have been like get rid of it maybe it's bad it's, enough it's funny because because that is part of her impulsivity and it's said it's, it's yeah. described as is that much so her erasing of his of his memory is a very impulsive act and his is only a result of knowing Yeah, that that she has done this
2: almost like a retaliation. That he a retaliation, or like
1: I can't handle like seeing her and her not knowing who I am. So like I might as well.
0: And
2: and and yeah, absolutely. And you never get the sense that that's something that he would have done on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Can I can I give you one reason I think that um, that supports the pessimistic take of it's not going to work out for them. Yeah. So, so, you know, this Alexander Pope poem that the, the line comes from.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause Kirsten Dunst. Uh, exactly. Pope she Alexander. recites it beautifully. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: right. Um, that's, so, so the poem is about uh, the story of uh, Heloise and Do you, do you know this story?
1: It's like I don't know the story. I know the I, I read part of the poem. It's very long. It was so, really. But I don't know the long. story. Yeah, it's a really yeah.
0: long. Poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so the story is uh, Abelard was a famous philosopher in like uh, let's say 1100 in Europe, and he moves into Heloise's uncle's house. And part of the deal is he's supposed to tutor her, uh, and uh, they fall in love. And uh, they're secretly married, but then for some reason that I don't understand, that has to do with like the current political context. Like uh, they can't be married; uh, it's like bad for his career. So she's packed off to uh, a nunnery, um, where she's she's endeavours to forget him. Um, he, Abelard, uh, is castrated by the. Heloise's uncle, the guy whose house he was staying in. So the uncle is pissed about the whole like marriage and then like nunnery thing. And his, the way he gets back at Abelard is hiring people to break into his room and literally, literally cut his nuts off. That is how it was done in like 1100. So Abelard also goes to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, withdraws to a monastic life. Um, and they they live not with no contact between each other for like 20 years trying to forget each other. And then they get back in touch and they write these letters and these letters have been preserved, like um, we still have them, where they admit that they still have feelings for each other and they're talking about like, should we get back together? And then in the end, they, they can't. They can't do it because of the weight of like the fucked oh. up shit that's happened between them.
2: And the fact that he has no
0: nuts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe long enough yeah. in the nunnery and you're like, I could do without, you know, <laughs> I could, I could get by with other things. And I'm I mean, you're sure. married to Jesus. Yeah. I
1: assume that there's some, some, some like things that come along. Right. right, right. right. Wow. I didn't Jesus know that. that. I
2: like, to, I guess that does that add some kind of resonance
0: to. I feel like it's, <laughs> it, it's, you know, they, they try to forget each other. They can't. But in the end, like, you know, when they try again. Like, in letter four? It doesn't four, work. It doesn't work.
2: I mean, there's also another question, which is, okay, let's say it doesn't work again. Is it still worth getting back together? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. so uh, The even your pessimistic read, Dave, like, you, you don't have to divide pessimistic and optimistic by whether the relationship works, but whether they yeah. should just... Like, whether it's good for both of them to do it one more time. Right. And so at least they'll have the memories. You know what I mean?
1: At least they'll have the memories this time. If there's, it, there's certainly relationships that I've had um, that ended um, that I'm glad I had. And it's sort of sad that it ended, but I wouldn't ever want to have not done it. And in fact, if you could, I, you know, I don't know. This, this gets us to sort of an episode of, of Black Mirror. But um, if you knew that, you develop feelings for somebody and you knew for certain that the relationship would end in three years with both of you miserable. Would you choose to get into that relationship? Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of like, is it a coin you'll, is it a, is it a something you're willing to risk because you know that the good times could be that good?
0: I mean, aren't we always, so look, your outcomes are you break up or best possible outcome. You die before she does or she dies before you and then you're, you're right so it's like you got to like a uh, one of three chance there scenario Best possible is just... that you
1: both go out in a car accident. that's true yeah no that's the exact same time yeah uh, yeah I, I yeah i guess right? that is and and i think though – i don't think we think that though i don't i don't think we ever really give much thought to to those things i think that we 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 Get into relationships because we have those strong feelings,
2: and rightly and so, I think. Like we shouldn't think those things. Like we should enjoy the 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 good I times know. when they're good. And
1: I suppose, but sometimes there really are things that are 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 that you should have paid attention to, right? Like you know, the, there is there are good yeah, there are good reasons to think that romantic the notion of romantic love has pushed us in such a far direction that we're. More willing to make mistakes about who we hitch our entire lives to, who we have children with, right? Sometimes, there, we would do better to pick on qualities that we know are uh, that this person is a person of character. They will be trustworthy. They will be a good parent. Um, and then, and then the emotions can come later. I feel like we, you know, we need to do as Arieli sort of likes to to use a market analogy. He says, "Would you ever buy?" <laughs> Would you ever buy something without doing your research first? <laughs> Especially something that's that expensive. Um, that's then, beautiful. Uh, a decision, yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so, like, hire a private he's, he's, detective.
1: He's, he's trying to make the case for for dating much more, right? He thinks that you'll optimize if you date X number of people before you decide on who to marry.
2: Wait, what is right. I would argue so, that just having that whole strategic attitude is a mistake,
1: when it comes to
2: but you know like you only know that's one the paradox which i
1: agree in some ways yeah. like i agree in some ways right that's 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 brings us to the love is a pre-commitment device which is <laughs> if you're thinking about the pros and cons of being with me like on date two yeah, exactly I know. Right. <laughs> it's like darwin's list of the pros and cons to marry.
2: Uh, all right any final thoughts about this movie because we should wrap
0: up Oh, the last little thing that I loved was, you know, the neighbor who mentions Valentine's Day coming up, the very end of the movie, he lets her into the apartment building. Like she's looking at the, uh, you know, the call box and he's coming Uh. in. He totally does this creepy little leer at her that's kind of amazing. (sighs) I actually rewound to make sure I wasn't making it up, but he totally is all (laughs) like, yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that at all. Uh, there was there were a few things that I wa- wanted to mention about the strategy, uh, the visual strategy of giving us the the memory erasing um, that was cool. Um, you know, the the confusing geography. You never quite like so so uh, in in Jim Carrey's memories. For much of them, she uh, Clementine is always walking away. So no matter which direction he goes, she's constantly walking away, yeah. and there's like entire very confusing shifts in the in the uh, spatial orientation of the entire set, where he's walking, 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 and all of a sudden he's where he began, and yeah. and it's done so well in in, in not a uh, you know again not digitally like obvious or anything like that. It's it's really done. There's there's another very disorienting thing that <clears throat> actually. I didn't like because, because well, I'll explain why. Anyway, but it is when their lips are out of sync with what they're saying. Do you, did you catch? These? I didn't catch. Yeah. Comments? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So there, there are f- there are a few times where just on purpose, it's. I think it's intending to to show you the destructive nature of the technique. Yeah. Right. That as it's happening, they're they're removing information and and this com- gets out of sync. But nowadays, like my video coming out of sync from my audio is actually something that happens sometimes. It's like I was just like, "What the fuck is wrong with my yeah. computer?" Like what's wrong? But it is—it's great use of just these little little things to disorient you. Um, well, the most- and the
2: music too. Like I would oh. just add that the music is score of this like
1: one of my favorite scorers of all yeah. time
2: the and the dissonance of the music is going on with the sort of the oddness of what's happening in the surreality I, I still feel like we've underplayed how surreal
1: this yeah, whole movie yeah, we is. we haven't talked about it all uh, that it, much but it, it, it is it it rides a, a good line between synecdoche new york you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to watch Synecdoche New York and enjoy it. And I am one of those kind. But uh, but this is just the level of of surreal, uncomfortable, creepy um, that I think most people... Yeah. yeah, can handle.
2: it. to so so, New York is like Inland Empire, and this is like Mulholland Drive. Yeah. In <laughs> right. Surreal. It has just enough. T- yeah. It's tethered just enough yeah. to.
0: So, so what I want to know from Tamler is whether it was worth it to lose the uh, film snob, the indie film snob credibility, uh, to talk about this movie.
2: You mean That's as opposed right. to Old Boy? Yeah, as opposed yes. to something
0: more. Yeah, the fewer people have seen.
2: I mean, it's definitely something I'm going to get erased from my memory. <laughs> I, I mean, I actually think this isn't I, if anything it's more like it's and it's not a rom-com exactly. <laughs> exactly. It has it has a little bit of of that quality. No, I mean, I I'm sad that we're not doing Old Boy. I hope we do. Maybe we could get some of that street cred back or my film cred back if um we did to New York, actually. Oh, jeez. And if we do, Yoel, I think we might have to have Jesse Graham on instead of you for oh, that. Oh, yeah, he's he, a huge nut. Why? He loves that movie. Really? He loves that
0: movie. Okay, yeah. No, happily. I, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to see that movie again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think,
2: like, the way you guys were talking about it, Old Boy, I didn't like. The way you were saying it's just another revenge movie, and we're like... We've done Revenge to Death. I, I actually think it's, it goes deeper than that. But I want to do Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, the first movie in the chan Park trilogy. His w- early work. It's just in that... <laughs> uh, it's, it's just the first movie in that trilogy that he did. Old Boy's the second. Lady Vengeance is the, is the third. But I actually think that would be... That could be like our force majeure. Like the 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 movie that gives us so much to talk about in addition to it being just a great movie.
0: I haven't seen uh, it. Um I would want to see it.
2: It's hard to get now. That's the only reason I didn't uh, try to make a bigger push for it in this round is because it's it's not on any streaming outlets right now. Often it is, but it's not now.
1: I think you and I may be able to agree on this. If we could erase straw dogs <laughs> and the episode <laughs> that ensued. No. No, America. no, because then
0: we'd be like, huh, straw dogs haven't seen and that might movie. sucker
1: us into yeah, yeah if you exactly. saw if we got our memories erased uh, and then somebody saw us about to record another straw dogs episode with him i'd hope that they'd right. run after us and yell don't do it you're <laughs> making an error uh, you've erased your memory of the pain you know i think the and episode i, I, I want to do a bet
2: where the if i win the bet you have to watch straw dogs again because i think that's this is like a movie that's a movie that both of you will love when you see it again
1: that is and it's so uh, it's, 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 that uh, is, so just I yeah. feel like, like that's just come lost. up with
2: a bet. Come up with a, an equivalent <laughs> thing that I would have to do if um uh, you know, I bet you'd love you
1: shiza porn if you just gave it a <laughs> chance. <laughs> that is
2: not analogous. <laughs> uh, all right,
0: guys. All right. This well, has been fun. This has been I will fun. never
1: erase this memory. Thanks for having me.
0: We'll keep we'll this memory. Al- we'll always have this. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, last thing. Uh, I wonder if this is where Jesse Prince got his idea to keep changing his hair color, so that, <laughs> so that we could properly tag when yeah. when we what the time him. period is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, wait, was his hair blue? <laughs> oh yeah, so that was after we had sex. So that's all, fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, this was super fun. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: Later. <laughs> all right. a very good man good man they think deep thoughts and with no more brains than you have pay no attention tonight man anybody can have a brain
1: you're a very bad man
0: i'm a very good man just a
2: very bad wizard